0: Bible biogs in 30 minutes. Through the Bible, one character at a time. Author, pastor and Bible teacher Mike Beaumont is in conversation with
1: David Taverner. In this episode, we're looking at the life of James, the brother of Jesus. Obviously, there's an implication that Jesus had brothers. Where does that come from, Mike? Well, I know that for perhaps some of our listeners,
0: this will sound really strange, because if you come particularly from Catholic or Orthodox traditions of the church, um, their understanding is that Jesus didn't have any brothers or sisters. Why? Because of what they call the doctrine of the perpetual virginity of Mary, the mother of Jesus. That is, that Mary not only was a virgin at the time that she had Jesus, but that she remained a virgin for the rest of her life. Now, while that's the teaching of some strands of the church, that doesn't quite line up with the evidence of the Gospels themselves, where it's really clear in several places that Jesus had brothers. And by brothers, it actually uses the ordinary everyday word adelphos in Greek for brother. So it doesn't use the word... Relative or, or no nope, family member, or not at all. It has this very, very clear word, brother. So let's take a look at a couple of the places, shall we, where it does that. Mm. So if we turn to Matthew chapter 13 uh, from verse 53, we read this that when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country and he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. And when he taught there in the synagogue, Everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do the miracles? Then they scoffed, he's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And all his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. So there it's pretty clear in Matthew's account that Jesus had brothers and sisters. It's very clear. Mary, his mother, there was only one carpenter in that small place, no doubt. So here's Joseph, Mary, and clearly they're saying that Jesus had brothers James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and sisters. We're not told how many. And the other interesting thing is um, that clearly they didn't believe in him. Jesus says a prophet's not accepted uh, uh, anywhere uh, in his own hometown or among his own family. So this point, it looks like his own brothers and sisters don't believe in him. And yes, the word that is used there is the ordinary, everyday word
1: for brother. And it's slightly maybe stating the obvious that Jesus, being the firstborn, was the eldest brother. James is listed next. Would that indicate he was probably the next eldest? Well, there's two possibilities, David.
0: One is yes, absolutely. Normally the leading, the most important person takes the first place. So it could well be that James then was the firstborn after Jesus. However, it was pretty common in Jewish culture at this time for the eldest son to be named after the father. Now, did you remember that list? James, Joseph, Hmm. Simon, and Judas. So it could be That James has been put first in the list, not because he's the eldest, but because of the significance that he would develop that we'll see later uh, as he becomes one of the leading figures in the church in Jerusalem. So he may well have been the eldest brother after Jesus, or it could have been the second one after Jesus. We're just not sure. So what other references are there
1: to James, the brother of Jesus, In the Gospels? Well, we can
0: just turn back um, a couple of verses, and this one doesn't specify James by name as such, but again is evidence that Jesus did have brothers and sisters. So if we turn back to uh, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 46, we read that as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. And Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister. So again, that shows us two things. One, Jesus definitely had brothers and sisters. And secondly, during his ministry, they didn't believe in him, which in a sense is a bit shocking, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because you would have thought that, mm-hmm. that they might have been the very first to respond to him.
1: And this is a point in the life of Jesus when he's going around performing miracles and healing people and things are happening.
0: Absolutely, and, and yet they don't believe. And, and if we just think it's Matthew who is talking like this, well, here's another example from the book of John. So John chapter seven says that after this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus's brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world for even his brothers didn't believe in him. Now, it looks like there's a bit of a mocking tone there. This is not, hey, Jesus, you really need to go, you know, where you'll be seen more. There seems to be something of a cynical mocking there. If you're so good at doing these miracles, you know, why don't you get down to Jerusalem where the real religious guys are and learn from them there? So two facts pretty clear from the gospel. Jesus definitely had brothers and sisters. But secondly,
1: during the lifetime of Jesus, they didn't
0: seem to believe in him.
1: It's easy for your imagination to run riot here and just start to think, what was that like to grow up with your brother being Jesus?
0: I know. It's pretty incredible. I was reflecting on it again earlier today and trying to think what it must have been like. Now, it's interesting the Gospels tell us nothing about that. So we have to be really careful and not read into scripture, you know, what isn't there and perhaps superimpose 21st century ideas into it. But I think it's a fair enough question for us to to think what must it have been like to have had Jesus as your elder brother and if if James were the nextborn, um to feel that you were brothers and yet somehow. You'd always been told there was something different about Jesus. Because remember, both Joseph and Mary, Jesus' parents, knew who Jesus was. The angel had spoken to them very clearly. Mary had had this miraculous conception. So they knew who Jesus was. And over the years of his growing up, would obviously have talked to him about this, played their part in preparing him for his understanding of that, and I wonder if, I don't know, this is where your imagination does run wild a little bit, perhaps, but how must it have been to be James and to think that you weren't quite as good as him, in inverted commas? Or to see Mr. Goody Two Shoes, you know, the one who never did wrong, the one who never sinned while you were always getting into trouble with your dad because you'd done something wrong again. And I I wonder if it was some of that stuff going on in the background that we're not told about that eventually led to his brothers and sisters initially not believing in him because they knew him, perhaps resented him, resented perhaps the privileged position his parents gave to him, resented how he never did anything wrong Perhaps Mary had occasionally said something like, why can't you be like your brother? Mm -hmm. And the sort of stuff that any brothers and sisters will know go on in life. And, you know, even in the best families, even in the most godly families where there are brothers and sisters living together, come on, there are strains and tensions, aren't there, at times, and feelings of one being favorited over another. So I I think it's interesting to at least imagine how that might have gone on and perhaps that does explain to us that maybe out of that some resentment, jealousy grew that led to the younger
1: siblings not accepting Jesus as who he was. There must have been some change in that sense of disbelief then as 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 the years went on. Yes, uh, and we're not quite
0: sure where that change came as the years went by. I suspect, again, there was considerable disappointment in Jesus when he left home around the age of 30 to start his ministry. We think Joseph was dead by this time. Jesus had clearly stayed behind to head up the family while the younger siblings were growing up, and only as they'd grown up and could take on responsibility Did he feel that release from his heavenly father to to begin his ministry? So clearly by the time he leaves home and is going into ministry, they're they're not believing in him. They're somewhat cynical, uh, perhaps disappointed in him. Um, And we don't really find James appearing in the story then until really after the resurrection when. It seems at that point, something changed. Now, we've got to start to put a number of little pieces of data together. For example, Paul mentions in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 8, some of the resurrection appearances of Jesus. And he says this, i passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said He was buried and was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom were still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James. And we're almost certain it's this James. Why? Because it goes on to say James and later by all the apostles. So clearly not the two apostles who were called James. So it looks like Jesus made a special resurrection appearance to his brother. And it was probably at this point that the penny begins to drop. Well, I I suppose if you'd seen your brother crucified Mm -hmm. and you knew he was dead and gone and buried and then suddenly He's there and appeared to you again. I I can't imagine what that uh, must have been like. Hmm. But maybe that was the very moment when the penny dropped for him and he realizes that all that his mom and dad had said over the years, all the teaching that Jesus had given, suddenly it falls into place.
1: And he has no alternative now but to acknowledge who Jesus is. And that's so personal, obviously, for Jesus to appear to him specifically.
0: Isn't that like tender? You know, of all the people that Jesus could have appeared to, it's James. And maybe the fact it's him, again, might suggest that James was the eldest of the siblings. But, you know, Jesus would have, he knew well enough what James had thought of him growing up. He knew well enough of how James had, rejected him, the cynicism of go down to Jerusalem and show your miracles there. And yet he's one of the first now that Jesus appears to. And I I think that shows, you know, there was a love relationship there in the family between them. Um, But yeah, James had been a brother for goodness sake. You know, brothers squabble at times, don't they? But Jesus now goes out of his way to appear to James
1: as one of the first people at the resurrection. And
0: I must have been mind-blowing
1: for James. Mm. Is that the story of Christianity, that Jesus makes it personal? Absolutely. And the message that comes out through the Bible
0: and confirmed by the testimony of millions of Christians today is, you know, Christianity is not a religion. It is not a number of rules to be followed. Do this, don't do that, and you might get into heaven one day. It's most definitely about a relationship. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's not just about knowing certain facts about Jesus. James knew many facts about Jesus, but it's about coming to the point where we realize that Jesus was not a good teacher or a miracle worker. Jesus was no one less than the Son of God come into this world to show us what life with God can be like, and it's in that personal encounter with him, like the one that James had, that suddenly we understand who this guy is, and we now start to follow him and allow him to guide our lives, not by this list of do's and don'ts, but by responding to his spirit within us. And it looks like that was the moment for James when it happened, probably at or out of that resurrection appearance, when he understands Jesus is indeed every, Jesus indeed is who he had claimed to be. And suddenly the scales drop from his eyes. And he's now a brother, not just humanly speaking, but spiritually speaking as well.
1: So what part does he go on to play within the early church? Well, he... Will develop a pretty significant
0: role uh, in the early church. One of the first places that we find him is in Acts chapter 1, where after Jesus has gone back to heaven, uh, the disciples all gather together um, to meet and to pray. So if we just read these mm. few verses from Acts 1, verse 12, then the apostles return to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, from where Jesus had ascended, a distance of half a mile. And when they arrived, they went upstairs uh, to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, son of James. Now, those are all the apostles. Two Jameses there, notice, Mm, mm. who are apostles. Popular name at that time. Very popular. But they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Now, listen to this bit. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. So it now looks as if not just James, but all of the brothers of Jesus have now come to a place of faith in him. And there they are in the upper room praying over this period of 10 days. And they would have been with that group on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell and filled them and life was never the same again.
1: How likely is it that because they aren't named, the brothers, they're sort of lumped together, if you know what I mean, that was because... Everybody knew who they were. Well, I think it's absolutely likely. And
0: the trouble is, you know, we come out and say, well, why doesn't it do this? Well, you know, why tell people um, what isn't needed? And so I think, yeah, it it, it was just well known. And, of course, James will become an incredibly important figure in the church in Jerusalem. And uh, because of that, I think, you know, it, it just wasn't necessary to, to say who these guys were. Everybody knew. Why, why state the obvious? And do remember, you know, that in this day in which the New Testament was written, um, parchment was really expensive. You did not waste words. Mm. Parchment, ink, really incredibly expensive. Hiring a professional scribe to write for you because not everyone wrote, very expensive. And so you, you didn't waste words. You know, we didn't all have our laptop or tablets to be able to delete and and start again so i i
1: think that's very likely david so james then you said went on to become a significant player in the in the early church
0: yes he will become one of the leading figures in the church at jerusalem and and it comes out in in a number of of little ways clearly he's just one of the original church community. Um, But if we, for example, look at Acts chapter 12, that's the story where um, Peter has been imprisoned uh, shortly after King Herod Agrippa, whom we looked at in a previous episode, Mm. has had James the apostle killed. Mm. And Peter's thrown in jail, but he has this miraculous escape from prison through an angel coming and releasing him. And as we read that story in Acts chapter 12, uh, as Peter flees from the jail from where the angel has freed him, he goes running back uh, to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, and he's banging there at the gate. uh, And the maid eventually comes to the gate and there's Peter outside saying, it's me, it's me. Let me in, let me in. And, and she's so moved that rather than let him in, she runs back and tells everyone, Peter's at the gate. And they said, oh, it's a stupid girl. You know, he's, he's locked up in jail. And meanwhile, Peter's still there banging on the gate saying, let me in, we'll pick the story up there. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. And he motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. Now listen to these words. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said, and then went to another place. James is now the one who is picked out, Mm. suggesting that already he is becoming a leading figure. Tell James and the other Mm. brothers. So it's perhaps recognizing that by this point, uh, James is perhaps the recognized leader of the church in Jerusalem Uh, He's certainly in a very key role. If not, we see it again in Acts chapter 15, where we have what's called the, the Council of Jerusalem, where all the apostles and leading elders gather together because as the gospel spread and began to reach Gentiles, there arose this issue of do Gentiles have to become Jews in order to be real Christians? In other words, do the men have to be circumcised and do they have to keep the law. And so the apostles and elders gather together.
1: So quite an important committee meeting. Oh, a very
0: important meeting to decide on really the direction that that the church was going to take. And as they all give their two penneth into what they feel God is saying, it's James who is the last of the leaders to, to stand up uh, and speak and to underline the fact that uh, the Bible itself adds support to the, the the story that Peter had told about what had happened with uh, the conversion of Cornelius. So James is the one who pulls things together. In fact, let's just pick up this story. So they, they've all put their two pennies in. And then in Acts 15, verse 13, we read that when they'd finished, James stood up and said, brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this conversion of the Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted. And he quotes from the Old Testament and then says, listen to this. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, We should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from consuming blood, the things that would have spoilt fellowship with Jewish Christians. For These laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. Then the apostles and elders together with the whole church in Jerusalem chose delegates and they sent them out with a letter saying, we've got it.
1: So the, J- so James, the brother of Jesus, had a voice
0: at the table. He not only had a voice at the table, he had the voice at the table because he's heard all the input from the apostles and elders and then acts as chairman, as it were, saying, listen, I've heard what you're all saying. Here's my conclusion. Brothers, listen to me. My judgment is. Now, That's that's taking some leadership there, isn't it? Mm. With all the other apostles, my judgment is, and as he speaks it out, they all say, That's it. Yep, that's it. We've got it. This is the way forward. So, James now not only holds a key place in the Jerusalem church, it looks like he is the lead elder, the lead pastor, we might say, mm-hmm. today. And it's interesting in one of Paul's letters in, in Galatians, in chapter 2, verse 9. Uh, he speaks there of James, Peter, and John being what he calls pillars of the church.
1: So that's Peter and John, the apostles, and James, the brother of Jesus.
0: And he's put him alongside them. So that's fascinating. And it, it can't be James, the apostle, because he's been killed by Herod at this point. So clearly James here and there has, although he is not an apostle, Why? Because he was not one of the 12 appointed by Jesus and the 12 always held a very special place. But now James, Peter and John, those two apostles together are named by Paul as pillars of the church. They're, They're weight carriers in the church. So what an amazing transition, what an amazing story we've got here from the physical brother of Jesus born from Mary and Joseph in the normal way, along with other brothers and sisters and transitioning from a place of that sort of boyhood ribbing and resentment and the usual brotherly rubbing up no date to a rejecting of Jesus and a cynicism about Jesus and yet coming to a point where when he has encountered the risen Jesus, Life completely changes for him. And the man who had rejected Jesus, the man who'd resisted his message, is now suddenly one of his best proponents and is leading the church in Jerusalem. What a transformation. What a picture of what Jesus can do for anyone and what a picture of the change that can be brought about
1: when we give our lives to him. Is, is the letter in the New Testament attributed to James, the same James? Almost certainly.
0: I have to be really honest and say that some scholars aren't sure about that. But if we go back to the earliest Christian tradition, some of the early church fathers, the patristic fathers, as early as the second and third century, they saw the letter of James as absolutely being written by James, the brother of Jesus. And many scholars today uh, would agree with that too. They, they think there's no reason at all not to see this as written by the brother of Jesus. For some, uh, the problem actually is in the opening words of the letter where James writes, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ
1: it doesn't mention the fact that he's the brother of Jesus. Not at
0: all. And some say, well, you know, if he mentions he's a slave of Jesus, this doesn't really sound like the leader of the church in Jerusalem or the brother of Jesus, does it? I think quite simply, this is, you know, this is James's humility. And one of the things James, it seems, was never determined to do was to, to pull rank. You know, I, I'm the brother of Jesus, you know. And it would have been really easy. To do that uh, and to to play the I'm Jesus's brother card, yet he never does that throughout the Book of Acts. He he takes his position, like in that council in Jerusalem, he's acknowledged as the leader by the wisdom that God has given him, not because he's Jesus's brother. And so, I think as he starts this letter, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's saying, "Guys, I'm just the same as you, a sinner." Saved by grace, and yes, he might have been my brother, but at the end of the day, I'm a sinner, I need saving by grace, and I'm a slave, I'm a servant of Jesus, just as you are. And he won't play the family card. And this letter, in fact, is certainly one of the earliest, if not the earliest, letter in the New Testament. We're not quite sure whether it's James or Galatians that is the earliest, but both of them were written before AD 50. So a very early uh, testimony to to life in the church. So yes, it seems pretty sure to me that the letter of James was written by the James who was the brother of Jesus and the leader of the church in Jerusalem.
1: And from that letter, on the basis that it is the brother of Jesus, what most stands out? What's the, the clear message that comes through from this letter?
0: I think what stands out more than anything else is that faith has to be worked out in practice. Some people have tried to drive a wedge between James and Paul, that that Paul stresses we're justified by what we believe, and James stresses by that we're saved by what we do. But actually, there's there's no contrast between the two of them, no conflict between the two. James knows that we are saved by faith, but he does make very clear in his letter that what good is it to say that you have faith, but you don't live it out in your actions? For example, he writes, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, Goodbye. Have a good day. Stay warm. Eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What does good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It's dead and useless. So he's a man. He's an incredibly practical man. Remember, he'd grown up in the home of Joseph, the carpenter, the the builder, And so he too would almost certainly have been trained in that, really practical guy. And so James is really concerned that faith should not just stop at words. Faith should just not stop at going to church on Sunday. If you really are a follower of Jesus, then your faith will absolutely get worked out in the way that you live, in the kindness that you show, in the generosity that you exercise, in the language that
1: you use. It really is very, very practical. And to what extent does it sound as if he's simply reflecting what he saw in Jesus and heard Jesus say? I think very much so. And
0: I think it's like everything suddenly made sense for him. You know, people who often resist the Christian faith, sometimes for many years, they watch, they observe and then suddenly, when they've had that encounter with Jesus, things fall into the, into place. And it's like they say, ah, I see. And I think that happened for James. And so I think the message that I'm left with from James is that anybody can change. Even those who've resisted Jesus and been cynical about Jesus. If you actually look at the evidence, the point can come when you, like James, can find that inward change that brings a relationship with Jesus and through Jesus with God, whom you can then know as your father. And that as you know that, the way you live that out will change. It will become incredibly practical, gracious, caring, serving of others, exactly, of course, like Jesus, brother, had demonstrated. David Tavener was in conversation with Mike Beaumont, who's written about the people of the Bible throughout the Christian Basics Bible. Catch their conversations anytime any time on the UCB player or with your favorite podcast provider. Just search for Bible Biogs in
1: 30 minutes.